gathering together at the beginning of the day, the cool, cool of the early morning, light and color just uh, beginning to come back into the world. bringing attention to the the quality of of inner space space in this room the space in the world around us developing that attention to notice Notice the space that's always here, the space around things, the space within things. To help us recollect, to awaken to the inner space, the space of our minds that receives and contains, encompasses all thoughts and feelings, perceptions, moods. Bringing attention to the inner sound, the sound of silence. directly supports that attending, awakening to the, the quality of inner space. Helps to remind us that the, the quality of awareness, our own heart, is infinitely accommodating. There's room for everything. Allow the heart just to rest in that quality of open awareness, spacious awareness, receiving the experience of sound, sensations of the body, feelings of warmth or coolness, light or dark. Being that receptive, spacious, accommodating awareness, receiving all things without bias, without partiality. The heart being a vast, infinite open space that accommodates all things, rejects nothing, allows it all in, <coughs> and also holds on to nothing. It's like space does not 
keep objects stuck in it. In the same way, the space of our minds receives all things, lets go of all things. A sound arises and passes, a mood arises and passes, a feeling arises and passes. There's nowhere for it to land, nothing for it to stick to. Just let it be known as it takes shape, does its thing, as it dissolves, leaving no remainder. We talk about letting go, we use that kind of a language, but notice how that also implies that there's been a holding on, and a a me that's been doing some holding. But more truly, in a more real and complete way, it's not so much a matter of letting go, but training the heart to not, not grasp, not identify, to not create that illusion of ownership in the first place. So just like a, a sound arises and passes with no remainder, a word that I speak we hear it, it arrives, it's known, there's silence before it, silence after it. There doesn't need to be any kind of remainder. We don't need to let go of a sound. It comes and goes on its own. We know we can't own it, hold it, keep it. So rather than letting it go, recognize how, in truth, it's never really been owned. It's never been possessed by an I, by me. So there's more to do with sustaining that awareness of the the inexorable, incessant flow and change, the modulation of perceptions, patterns of consciousness, patterns of nature, arising, blossoming, dissolving, following their own laws. <coughs> It's like a star or a cloud or a sunset can't be possessed or owned, but it can be known. In the same way, just allow the feelings of the body, emotions, moods, thoughts, to be ownerless, to arise, take shape, be fully received, known, and let them dissolve.
being that unlocated, non-possessive heart of awareness. Being that quality of knowing that participates in all experience, but without confusion, without possessiveness. Developing this so that the layers of attachment and identification, the layers of self-view are seen more and more clearly. Let go of. Reflecting on the feelings of ownership, the feelings of self and I and mine. Reflecting on the feelings of, of locality. In the Udana, the inspired utterances of the Buddha, he says, uh, there is that sphere of being, that ayatana, that mode of being, where there is no earth, no water, no fire, no wind. There is neither this world nor another world. There is neither infinite consciousness, infinite space, Nothingness. And in that realm of being, that ayatana, there is neither moon or sun or stars. There is neither a coming nor a going, nor standing still. There is no basis, there is no development, no support. This, just this, is the end of Dukkha. And when we hear those words, that can make us feel insecure, threatened. Ooh, what's that? No sun, no moon, no stars. No development, no support. You can feel kind of spiritual vertigo suddenly knocked off balance. What is that? But all that's happening in that is that our familiar patterns of, of clinging to a me who's here in this place experiencing a world around us in three-dimensional space those words serve to unplug that, to dissolve that. So such words are threatening to the ego or the habits of identification with, with time and three-dimensional experience. But to the heart itself, it's greatly liberating, freeing. 
In that ayatana, that realm of being, there's neither neither a coming, nor a going, nor a standing still. Place does not apply. Here and there do not apply. Past and future do not apply. This was another theme that Lumpo Cha used to use, picking up directly from this teaching. He would ask people, if you can't go forwards, and you can't go back, and you can't stay still, where do you go? You can't move forwards, you can't move backwards, you can't stay still. Where can you go? So as in the same way as with the uh, conundrum about still flowing water, he would put this kind of question to people when they came to visit. It's a conundrum, a puzzle. It confuses the thinking mind, the rational mind. Because when we're identified with the body, with time and space, the sense world, there's no solution. Or maybe we try to get clever and say, go to the side, go up, climb into a tree. But that's not it either, is it? It's not a matter of being clever, trying to think our way around it. Because he'd say, no, you can't go sideways or up and down either. Where do you go? Well, the only way to solve the conundrum is to let go of identification with the body, with time, with place. If there's a clinging and identification with the body, with three-dimensional space, then the conundrum is insoluble. There's no answer, no solution. But if we really take to heart these daily reflections on the body is not self, feelings are not self, perceptions are not self, that's not who and what we are. And if there's a non-identification with this physical form, with the sense world, with perceptions, then there's awareness, there's that unentangled participating in experience, but it's not tied to a personality. It's not tied to an individuality. It's not tied to a physical spot. That awareness, that knowing, is unlocated. 
you might be thinking, but I can feel a pain in my knee. I can feel a tickle in my throat when I cough. That cough is happening in my throat, and my throat is right here, underneath my mouth, above my chest. That's where it is. But the mind is constructing space. It creates an image of the body as a pattern of consciousness, and then orients the different bits of the body according to that pattern that it's created. When we look, we explore. Where is your throat? Where is the knee? You see, the mind has created a, an internal map. It says, well, it's there, down and to the left. That's where my left knee is. My throat is right here in the middle, where the cough is happening. To common sense, it says, well, it's there. It's, it's right here, obviously. But to the uncommon sense of wisdom, we pick that up, explore it. We begin to intuit, to see that here and there, they're constructs woven together by our habits of mind, by the faculties of, of the mind, the conditioning of the senses. So during today, while we join together in the practice, use these particular themes. The sitting meditation, walking meditation, as we go about our business, eat our breakfast, brush our teeth, pull up weeds in the garden. Use these events and patterns of the day to investigate these themes. How on the one level it seems like I'm walking forward, I'm sitting here. But to see what happens, to see how it changes, when we shift the attitude, when we recognize, well, there's the perception of the body walking, there's the perception of the hands moving, but that which knows the movement isn't moving. Let's see if you can discern that quality, that mysterious, beautiful openness of awareness that is free from moving forwards, moving backwards free from standing still in this spot. Mm. 
the last message that Lumpo Cha sent to, to Lumpo Sumedho just before he had his stroke and lost his ability to to move and to speak and to teach. He wrote him a letter in which he said, Whenever you have feelings of love or hate for anything whatsoever, these will be your aids and partners in building parami, the spiritual virtues. The Buddha Dhamma is not to be found in moving forwards, nor in moving backwards, nor in standing still. This Sumato is your place of non-abiding. This was Lumpur's final instructions to his uh, his disciple in setting up monasteries in the West. It wasn't a list of do this, don't do that. You know, always remember to follow the traditions and a collection of do's and don'ts, shoulds and shouldn'ts. But he just reminded him of this one central, crucial principle. Non-abiding. Non-clinging. But when the heart attunes itself to the Dhamma in this radical, complete way, then the heart is able to respond to every situation. When we need to be conservative, we can be conservative. When we need to be creative, we can be creative. When we need to hold steady, we hold steady. When we need to adapt, we adapt. Through that non-clinging, there's a supreme attunement to the time, the place, the situation, to what each moment demands. So that was the most appropriate and best advice to, to Ajahn Sumedho starting up these new places in the West. To let go of progress, to let go of degeneration, to let go of even holding steady. The Buddha Dharma is not to be found in moving forwards, nor in moving backwards, nor in standing still. It's here, in the place of non-abiding. Non-identification. No-thingness. A complete openness, receptivity 